Hi, welcome to the Ugly Buddies. My name is Steven. My name is George. And we're here to talk about season two, episode eight. I see me, I see you. Yeah. Which is a really fun play on words, which is now cool. And George, guess what? We have a guest. Yes, we do. Want to do the honors? Me? Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Please give it up for our fellow Spelling Bee castmate, Ethy Spitz. Woo. Me? Or Spelling Bee. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Effie, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Um, I feel like I'm becoming more grounded as this year goes. I recently quit nannying to jump Mm. more into, um, you know, acting and doing things with like-minded friends that is creative and that's amazing as much as I love my little like-minded friends that I nannied for actually took them out for ice cream today. Um, (laughs) It just, it was time. Yeah. It, there's, there's a few things that kind of led up to it. And I, I am just glad to be available for stuff like this. Yeah. And I wasn't before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like this whole pandemic just let me, us all more open to what we can do and talk right. what we can do without, you know, being together, but being together, like I'm, I'm taking the, I don't know if you know, I'm in the ground links right now taking Good for you yeah and it's really fun over zoom and it's you know you, yes it's different but the being on stage because there's nothing like being like feeling that energy of a stage and mm. but no i think you're right it has sort of connected us in a strange way as well like you know i didn't think that i would be doing these outdoor amphitheater things or like didn't think i'd have the confidence to lead a group of people and out of necessity I was like I, I was like twitch, I'm like I need to find a way to be with people creatively and safely um that's awesome that you're doing groundings what's your what's your like favorite what's your favorite part about it like is it the improv games or the character work or I, I like, do you have a collection of wigs yet oh <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 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 getting them ready like I'm storing them in my head and I, I already yes. have my phone of like all the characters I've been like before I before I even started class before I had my audition I said like these are the list of characters I want to try nice (laughs) up to the higher levels they're they're ready waiting but yeah I like the character work it's just like that spirit and that camaraderie and like you know learning because my teacher my teacher is one of the founding members of the Groundlings so it's just exhorting that wisdom and like you know doing what and like being creative being close to greatness yeah Yeah, being like i get to act which is i love acting that's why i moved out here from texas so yeah but we're we're here to talk about ugly betty not how talented we all are in our (laughs) own amazing way well we have time for both (laughs) i mean i mean george tell us about your talents Well, I mean, I, I even has the groundlings and I've just been crafting and perfecting my second one man show, which is, yes. I have a lot more to say are, all these years. Are they doing it virtual? Just yes. Here? They're going to, they're making a decision right now if they're going to do it virtual or maybe delay it till October with the hope of herd immunity, mm. or it might be a hybrid of both where it might be limited right. in-person seating oh, and, and then virtual. And, and they, do both at yeah. the same time kind of like um, it's usually outside too right like it's an outdoor well, it's festival be, for the most part isn't it it's gonna be trickier with hollywood fringe because actually a lot of it is the small indoor theaters on hollywood ah. theater row so that's 
That's gonna. <laughs> it might just right. be like ten people in your audience total. Well, so like, you're one man. <laughs> your one man show is both ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's a one man show and a one man audience. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you never know like i'm glad that it's smart that they might they'll do it both for, for both in seating hopefully and virtual because you'll you never know who will watch right right plus like who you never know who might be in the audience except the days that you know whose people are coming but you never know who will you know be watching virtually you never know right. like a huge mm -hmm. could like, be a new york person this person now or a French director who wants it to be in their newest movie yeah. about the bourgeois. Oui. Oh. Um, so Ugly Betty. It's yeah, been a so, hot minute yeah, since I've seen so Ugly Betty. My first question for you is that as all the guests, have you heard what was your connection with Ugly Betty? Have you have you seen Ugly Betty before this? Like what's your like, you know? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Um so I, what, what year did these come out? So I'm accurate. Oh, Let me. Two, so 2007 to 2008. But season, 2007 to 2008. So I was, I was in high school. Yeah. So I was in high school and I, wa I watched it with my family. We watched, I think the first two seasons together. Um, and I just remember like, it was kind of off the boat from America Ferreira being a, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. So I was kind of a fan of her work. And love that movie because there's a character named Effie in it and there's Greek things. So obviously yeah. I'm just biased. Um, but I just, you know, loved that story of sisterhood and all that. And so I sort of watched Ugly Betty because I knew her from that. And I think having been a kid with glasses and braces for like most of middle school, um, but also being like so overly confident that that it didn't even phase me. Like people bullied me, but I was just like, "Cause you're jealous." Like, oh, right. like I was, I, I, like I had, I had Harry Potter glasses and I had braces on for three years. So I definitely think a part of me like identified with Ugly Betty and, um, in appearing in such a fashion, but also being like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna be." Oh, sorry, I I really had to swear. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's not prime time TV. No, it's not no. daytime. No. Um, from the East Coast, I'm gonna fucking swear a lot. <laughs> um, but I just I think as a young woman, it was fun to see Ugly Betty go into this fashion world and go into this like high stakes world where I saw myself being in one day too. This is post braces and glasses as well um but it was just it was a, always a really cute show and I think kind of we just you know things happen and you watch other things and um I think after that I just mostly watched Avatar the Last Airbender series for the rest of high school because I yeah. I mean it's such a good story yeah oh my god it's so good have you um, it on Netflix yet repeatedly yes yeah. like yes repeatedly repeatedly um off topic and i don't want to get us like too off on the avatar tangent because we yeah. will just stay there um <laughs> i think i know exactly what bender i am i'm even wearing the right colors so it's not earth bender oh. nope swamp water bender oh okay all right okay i yeah i because i'm like volatile okay. like i'm very i'm as you guys know i'm equal parts soft as sassy so like I could go both ways. I always thought that I'm more of an airbender person and like airy fairy and peaceful, but I'm definitely a waterbender, but I hate the cold. Mm -hmm. So, but I love 
plants like if i take you even just right there like oh wow um i am definitely a swamp waterbender hmm. it's warm there's yeah. boats i've been i have i haven't yep. like started i st i started cora again because i see when, oh, so good. when i when it was originally airing i saw, i watched the first season and then i kind of fell off because you know life happened in college and but you know this is a good chance for me to like even though i know what happens in the story like like because you know spoilers and like i'm alive everywhere yeah i know it i know you don't live happened. under a rock yeah, yeah i don't live under a rock it will be good to like you know see how that story progresses and also we had um you seen cora right we yeah we um we had um you know Mandy Sterling right yeah Chief Beifong and you know she was one of our guests on the podcast what yeah Mindy Mindy Sterling yeah. Chief Beifong I've known Mindy for years that's crazy I reached out to Mindy and I was like hey can you be a guest star on our little my brain is finally podcast. clicking that that's her voice I love that about voice acting where you're just like oh my god that is you. Like um, Robin Williams' daughter is Kuvira. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know Kuvira yet because it's the third season or fourth season? Fourth season. I probably might need maybe. to see a picture and then I'll know who she is. But Zelda, yeah, Zelda is this like warlord character and you're like, that's, <laughs> but you're so nice in, in real life. And yeah, she plays like, like an amazing villain. It's kind of like, like, um, um, Bill Lamar and, um, What's, what's her name um what's that other thing Cree summers and um tara strong all their voice acting yes. like you when you know all those people like you can't be that boy every time i hear Cree Summer, like, I just that's different i immediately think of Susie carmichael no yeah. matter how many things Cree summer does and it's <laughs> always hear Susie carmichael's voice yeah that's amazing yeah but yeah let's let's talk about this episode right ugly better so, so, so right so i peered off about... watching it it's so, so camp yeah I, like i didn't realize how camp it is and how like um like fun cheesy and colorful even like down to the set design of of the world building in each place like i was like wow there's a lot of mexican blankets in their house <laughs> wow there's a lot of white in the in the building for and like just the circular desk and um i think the world building and the set even down to the set design and the costuming and the acting is all just very um is very fun and very camp and escapist in a way and yeah that, and that's like one of not to go on this tangent on the, another episode but that's kind of like avatar I'm, no <laughs> that's another <laughs> that's an, another reason why it's great to do look back at this show because you know it's very escapist and this is like a world where it's very nice to be escaped from you know right yeah this is like you kind of know it's going to work out in the end the good people yeah. win yeah but and, and yeah. that's like the attitude i want to keep in this whole pandemic slash cancel culture slash post-trump presidency <sighs> living in a pandemic it will all work out in the end yes it will yeah i do think so that's a beautiful sentiment i think um even regardless of like how much polarizing has been gone, like been going on. I think the thing that's most apparent to me about everybody's arguments about everything is that it's all coming from a place of like deeply caring mm -hmm. about the state of things. Um, 
and whether like some people are misdirected or not yes. it's a different conversation but um but that it, it is coming from a place of like wanting things to be better and yeah, that's like, that's the thing that I'm holding on to yeah and, and it's like and not to go on another tangent about but related to this I'm such a tangent I, I like oh a good tangent <laughs> like yeah. all the like recent like not say it's not even recent all like no there's a lot yeah it's just like um, it's like a lot of things that are being exposed this year I think it's kind of that year where we're all just because we've had so much time to reflect I'm sure within your own personal lives like on the micro and the macro levels that um shit has to change like things cannot keep going this way down from me quitting nannying to um the the movements against racism that like things cannot stay as they are yeah and when we we do get back to normal and we we when we do be able to hug and hang out and like live life fully like not fully like you know open and like maskless and like everyone's safe right to to be like less yeah i think i think there's going to be some permanent societal changes in our country right like Like traveling with a mask on right or how like post 9-11 you had to take off your shoes every time i got on the plane so like i'm thinking like maybe there'll be sanitizer at the beginning of everybody's stores now god did Um, you guys realize like how dirty you were before the pandemic like when the pandemic hit and i was like oh my god i don't i never used to wash like cans like I would just buy a can and open it and then drink it. And then, like, <laughs> I feel like it really highlighted like how nasty I was. And it's it just like how like so dirty. Like I, my favorite story that came out of this was how they shut down the New York City subways for the first time in hundreds of years to yeah. sanitize them. So to just it was like to just straight clean I'm them. New York City has learned a lesson. Like maybe not clean the subways every hundred every hundred years. years. Yeah, how about no, like there's a lot about, of like, things like that. How about like every like once a month? Yeah, something like that. And something. And they should once do- a year would be like super generous. Yeah. Like they, just once a year. They should do the same thing with the metro system here in LA yes. because I have ridden on a metro system pre-pandemic and like once during the pandemic, like when it was like like you know, like February, March, before. Right, right at the beginning. Yeah, it was like it's like ugh. I like I, ugh, I it's have, been a year. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Today is actually the one year anniversary of the last public event I ever went to. It was the focus on <laughs> yeah, it was the focus on ability <laughs> film festival at the Gary Marshall Theater in Burbank. And it was March 7th, 2020. I'm like, wow, it's been one full year since my last public event that I went to. Great. Little did we know what we were in store for. I knew. I was like, I'm sorry to be like, but when they said two weeks, I was like, that's not how viruses work. We're gonna be in here for a year. Yeah. At least. I'm like, there's no, I'm like the amount of time it takes for a vaccine to come around. How are they going to say like, oh, you only have to stay inside for two weeks and then everything's fine. Like, yeah, bullshit. So I was mentally prepared and unprepared for this. I was like, damn it. I hate that I was right. And also the factor in like, if if we, if everyone was good, like for a month, 
maybe but we had to factor in like all the stuff that you said and the in the administration we had yeah as americans we're not going to talk about who was in charge of those administrations right. but <laughs> he who must not be named no yes he's voldemort's yeah basically you basically know, you know who else is a voldemort in this episode wilhelmina oh and yes let's, and let's start at oh wilhelmina i mean great oh segue my- God, I mean, what what I love about this particular episode when it comes to Wilhelmina is you really see throughout this episode, there is no limit to what Wilhelmina will do to get what she needs to get. And like, yeah, just like focusing on Wilhelmina's- Kind of love that about her. Yes, it's just like, it was like- (laughs) You really, you really get to see her in this episode playing her game of chess. Mm -mm. And Mark and Mark is the henchman. (laughs) And like, it was like- I love him yeah it's like it was every stage she was trying like okay maybe the will will get me safe and that didn't work out so like you know what let's see if i can get 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 married to him still and then that didn't work and then he died and then and then i love um i love wilhelmina's strikes how she kept saying strike one strike two and then um to uh to um people uh, don't get to strike three <laughs> yeah and i just love, i love how i love how mark's like usually nobody makes it just nobody usually nobody makes it to three and but, i i do i do that to my co-workers sometimes when they're making me up strike one strike one. Oh god strike two. <laughs> and then what i love about um i love how this is like i feel like this is the first betty this is like, we really see the Betty Wilhelmina battle here. Mm. And it's like the battle, the battle of their personal wills overlooking for mm-hmm. the will. Overlooking for the will. Yes. I, lo- I, lo- I love that scene in general. They were like, oh, now memento here. <laughs> there was some, there was some like respect that happened though. And that where she was like, where Wilhelmina dropped every pretense and was like, we're here for the same thing. And like, kind of let Betty in. I thought that was a moment. That was an interesting moment. Yeah, like um, because it was like, I help me, you help you in a way, but yeah. I'm gonna still help myself. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much what yeah. we right there in a nutshell. Like, I help you, you help me, but I'm gonna help myself a little bit more. And if the will, and if the will wasn't in the secret room, like you know, oh, the whip part cracked me up. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's also disappointed. Like there was a moment where she was like, I could have had a fun life with this guy. I didn't know he was in dungeon shit. <laughs> like there was some remorse there. She was like, oh, I would have I like this. Like he never brought me down here. Right. Which also kind of like, well, that's questionable. We're focusing this entire episode on her infidelity, but he has a sex dungeon that no one's gonna chastise or talk about excuse me he has a sex dungeon yeah yeah and you'll see and you'll see like in but she slept with her bodyguard the hussy (laughs) good for her this is a good episode for me to watch because i'm like a raging feminist i'm like she should sleep her way to the top what no what and like i'm just kidding i don't know if you remember like she was passed up for daniel's job so that's like why she's doing all this scheming to get to get like you know she just wants she, to be at she, well it's still yeah it's she tried the she tried the real way and then the real then the right way didn't work so like you know well what? it went to it went to a young white boy that had legacy didn't yeah. it instead of to a powerful young black woman yeah mm. and well, she's not that young but she does but, look great yes but she is, does but isn't that the same yes. world yep yeah, never 
Nepotism. I'm like, where's my one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck Daniel. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Daniel's like, you know. Daniel ends up having a heart. So that's why it's kind of hard to hate him, too. Because as, as we learn. TBD. I, 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 love that, <laughs> I, I love that moment, that final moment that Bradford has with Betty before he goes. Where he basically says he would be lost without you. He needs you. Mm. And that's that's true. codependent, but that's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You know who I think the real star of this whole episode is Betty's boyfriend. <laughs> and he gets to do great work with make, Monique. Right. I was gonna say he gets to make out with Lamanda. Um he's climbing in. You know, he's just I think he's I don't remember the rest of the show, but I think in this episode, I'm like, that's what you want in a partnership. Someone who's just like, got it. I'll ask you questions later. Like, what do you need? You need me to make out with the security guard? Got it. I'm on it. Um, So I think he's like, I think he's such, and he doesn't judge her. Like he's like, she's doing some shady shit, but he's like, I know that there's a reason why. Mm -hmm. And um, I support you. And I think that's really, I think that he's the real hero of this episode. He yeah. he is the catalyst because he allows for her to do what she needs. Yeah, and let's and speaking of the shady shit, let's talk about why she did the shady strip and Claire. Well, I mean, Judith Light does great work in this. Well, show. you always say that because it's always because true. Because it's oh, Judith Light is a theater trained actress, and this is the perfect material for her to like bring that theater training she has. Uh, it was it was so. It was so good. Like she, she made you laugh. She made you cry. It's just like she was so heartful, dove tender. She, she gave. She has a makeover in the middle. Yeah, I like. I love. I love. Yes. Right in the episodes, the interactions between Betty's family and Daniel's family because you just see two completely opposite classes coming together and they always work right that's and that's the fun part they always like play and that's a and that shows like how well they're the ensemble how tight the ensemble is how well cast Mm -hmm. the ensemble is and it was such a great reveal that judith light had in the episode when it was revealed Mm. (laughs) she was hiding right there in betty's bedroom (laughs) bedroom (laughs) and i and i love lorraine Toussaint um um, yoga she was so and this is the last episode where her like you know Lorraine Desson is she went to Harvard I believe Harvard or Yale Yale drama school and no I I think it was Harvard I think she she graduated from Harvard she's just so good it's like I love that moment where Claire was like you are the worst fugitive in the world (laughs) Because <laughs> she couldn't improvise to think of a plausible explanation for why they were there. Improvise. That's a fun know, I'm a cable company. Like just standing in a corner of a bedroom. How many how many houses did you break until you got the cable company? Hello, Mrs. Suarez. Nice to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and and I love how Claire set um Daniel straight and why he Betty had to portray him like you know that that was so great that it was it came from her and then like they you know they did at the end 
Betty and Daniel did make up, but, you know, Betty went back to her conscience and said, hey, I need to, you know, actually feel like I need to be a good person and I'm not the right person when I'm here. And like, for me, I feel like, you know, there's some jobs that we have that makes us feel like we're not being our true selves or we're not living the way what we need to be, especially like us as artists, when we have day jobs, especially yes. day jobs that we hate. Yep. It's like, right. we're not the right person here. This, make, this makes us feel wrong. And like, it just makes you feel outside of yourself. And I don't know, I'm not speaking for all of you. It kind of makes me kind of- No, you're side. Yeah. I don't want to- Yeah, it's pretty like, universal. I mean, I, I've yeah. had day jobs that have killed me as an artist. So and emotionally draining right. as well. I was a property manager for three years. I totally get. I totally get having right. those jobs that just emotionally kill you as an artist. They're very taxing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's like especially like the jobs that are so far left field from what you need want to do. It's just like, like you see your your dreams on this side and you're on this side, and there's no bridge to them. And right. like maybe one you're taking classes and but you still have to go through that job and maybe you're auditioning but you're not on the other side yet you're still in you're still on that side trying to find a way to weave yourself in right like trying mm-hmm. to try to get that agent trying to build up those credits so one day you say finally i don't have to fucking have another stupid j job anymore and then you can but you know, as Terry Hatcher said in a roundtable interview I saw years ago, she was there plugging Desperate Housewives, another ABC show. When I didn't have to work another waitress job, that was when I knew I made it. Yes, <laughs> and that's going to be when I never have to work in the kitchen again. Yeah, that's going to be when the I never best. have to drive an Uber again. <laughs> yeah, I'm there gonna, you go. Yeah, and then I'm unless gonna, you want to, unless you're like I missed this, I want to go back to it or whatever. Yeah, but you know jobs during the pandemic i really missed doing uber and lyft i mean i you can, oh, I, bet. Yeah. I can do it now but there was a period in march where we were all like really hiding under our covers for a couple of weeks where i was like okay nobody's going anywhere i'm not making money <laughs> it's kind of lovely in the beginning where i was like i mean i knew that i was privileged enough to feel like it was lovely and like my house was gonna stay over my head and i was gonna have food on the table um so there was a lot of gratitude at the beginning where i was like huh i don't and that's kind of where the seed from me deciding um, to do what you guys just mentioned and jumping in where I spent this time away from these kids that I, I love dearly and I love the family very dearly. And I was like, huh, they're fine without me. I'm fine without them. Huh. So like, that's where that, that started. Um, so I think with this episode too, that kind of puts into light, like how much we can get sidetracked by getting goals, especially when we're working for other people that we put our personal goals and values to the side. So I love, I love the little moment where she comes back with her Guadalajara poncho (laughs) and how just like, I also just, in terms of the writing, I just love how, um, like it's not in a dreamscape. It's not in a flashback. It's like, so on the nose it's hilarious like her self from the past questions her future and it's not explained as like subconscious or anything like she literally thinks that she's there and just quickly assumes the realism of that she's like yeah that's me from the past and then she leaves and she's like where did my past self go 
<laughs> I think it's hilarious. I just think the writing in that is so funny. Like they didn't even bother to put it in a flashback or a dream or something to. Nope, it's just she's there and now she's gone. And Betty knows. Christina, and then Christina walks in and Betty thinks she's still dreaming. So she pinches Christina. Are you real? Is it, oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's so like there's nothing to, to connote that it's like in a dream sequence. It's just enter Betty, exit Betty, enter enter next person. And it, and it, and it kind of makes me think like, would my past self, what would he think about what am I doing right now? Mm. You know, that's you know but you know that's the that's, child self is even harder oh oh that that's did, like that's what did like, your nine-year-old like, self think that's that's like that's like years of therapy yeah no like, my nine-year-old self was very disappointed up until recently that's good i'm just kidding i'm happy that your child said self likes you now but like those years before like i'm sorry Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're friends again. I talked okay, to all good. my best selves like, and all the other voices. Like that, it's like that episode of Sabrina. Remember with um, the Christmas episode? Like, we need to speak to your inner child. Yes, and the inner child was such a brat. So that's why. Oh, Sabrina, yes. That's why Sabrina couldn't get into the holiday spirit. That's, that's bop, bop. season two, episode ten, escape clause. Sabrina Claus. Sabrina, shut up! I was there. <laughs> but back to Ugly Betty, hater. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're let's talk about Daniel and his journey. Well, I mean, episode. Eric Mabius got to be very vulnerable in this episode, and um, I love that moment where he couldn't bring himself to say "I love you," but then when he walked out, Bradford turned and said "I love you too." Son. I love you. Uh, yeah it's, it's just like you know that like the show always has brilliant writing this shows the strength of a strong um writer's room yeah this show always has a great strong writer's room and then brad forgot to get that great moment where he dissed and dismissed wilhelmina oh that was that was it's like finally you can go <laughs> i want my family here that was a dig mm. <laughs> and bless her heart for showing up though you know yeah. she's like i got it no um i think it's interesting i feel like wilhelmina's journey is kind of like how we put stakes into other people depending on our like what our future outcome is imagine if she spent all that energy on starting her own company yeah like she'd get far but instead yeah, like, she's doing all this all this conniving and scheming and, and like that's one of her that's one of her plans is to take down mode so she can put a new magazine in mm -hmm. and call it Wilhelmina. No Slater. It was oh, called Slater. Slater. Okay, Slater. Because Wilhelmina is a much better name for a magazine. Well, it's also the name of a modeling, modeling agency. Wilhelmina modeling. <laughs> it is. That's why I know it. I was like, wait, I bet they couldn't do it because of that. That was the that was the yeah. prize. That was the prize from cycle one of America's Next Top Model, Wilhelmina. That's right, Wilhelmina. That's why I know that word. Like the movement of like all the empowerment and all these different fashion worlds and stuff, where there's a lot more body positivity. Like Rihanna's uh, Savage Fenty show. Have you guys seen this? I, I seen the pictures. I haven't actually watched it, but I, I. Oh my god! You have to. It's so moving. It's so good. And the, this, like it's like it's like I'm glad we're living. I know besides like you know all the 
does that certain subset of humanity like we're all being more accepting of everybody right like not like putting pressures like oh you need to die though like letting people live the way they want to live and move the way they want to move until if they want to change let them change we shouldn't judge for their personal happiness right yeah we're letting people live their personal happiness and like Mm -hmm. that's in general we shouldn't have a right to say like for example like everybody were was body shaming Lizzo or like you know talking like negatively about people who changed a little bit about themselves at the end of the day you don't have a right to say something about someone else's body right it works in the other way too like the media gives us the media whether it be the internet twitter facebook definitely twitter and like you know television the magazine like gives us i air quote gives us the right to scrutinize celebrities and very famous people's bodies and that's yeah. like you know that's dating back from well i mean the exception we learned, of like hollywood in general well, as we learned from right well, as we learned from the britney spears documentary which i watched you know you learn about just about how you know how the media which is basically controlled by men mm. and how it's like they will scrutinize a few of them as well yeah and they'll just scrutinize and they'll scrutinize a lot of women in the press yeah and like what like and did you hear about because they're threatened <laughs> did you hear what <laughs> happened about promising, promising young women and carrie mulligan what happened um you know what the movie is about, like you know. Yes, I've seen it. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It does brilliant work. Like they it. were, they were calling her out about like, like about the movie and like saying, saying like you know how you could badly take that movie, like if you were like a man, and and they gave this rude review in Variety, and she of called, course. and they called her, and she called them out for it, and like and say to, and they issued the apology. Yeah. Because like you know. You, wow, I have to look that up. I didn't read that. Yeah. Oh, especially having the young, like Betty's uh, nephew too. That's something that didn't even click in my head where I was like, wow, that was really forward then. But watching it as a teenager, like I, one of my friends in high school was like, you know, the gay kid and he dealt with all of his things in a high school and stuff. And it was, um, it was part of my world to see that because that was, those were the people that I was friends with, but to have it be on national television like that, where nothing traumatic happens to this young boy he's just himself he's just fabulous and he's himself and he's well loved and um that's super powerful and impacting huh i love the christine aguilera reference i'm such an ag hag (laughs) and it's just i didn't know that went right over my head i was like huh i just was like yeah it's good to like you know she was giving Christine Aguilera was in the show was giving her point of view on all this stuff because oh this, that's right this is 2007 where she was still coming off the back to basic stuff so and it's just right it's just it's good to see them have you seen the lighthouse yet no I'm not gonna tell I'm just, I'm just gonna say okay. watch is it. that Ari Aster uh robert pattinson was in the lighthouse. robert pattinson is um oh that is, is robert eggers yeah no I saw that uh, I thought you meant because we were talking about Ari Aster. I was like, wait, what? He did a lighthouse? No, I saw that. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it was so good. I don't find that scary though. I find that like it was it was so like deliciously insane. It was very Hitchcock. Huh? And Hitchcock yeah. is kind of like a slow cooker when it comes to his his style, too. Which brings us back to Mank, in which it did something completely original that felt like 
authentically from that time period. But it, um, yeah, it was so yeah. good. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be. Yeah. I love that movie. I love. I love where, um, I, I love where cinema is going in general, both TV and, yeah. and film. Like you know, besides like tent hole superhero movies, and but you know sometimes tent holes. Yeah, you gotta make your money somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but depending on like what superhero movie we're talking about. And the Marvel does a great job at having fun ones to go see in theaters. So I have a good time. Yeah, they're definitely I have fun a to watch. For you, yeah, they're like roller coasters. Wait, I think that's yeah. what Martin Scorsese said, right? Yeah. What else do we need to talk about with Ugly Betty? Like yes, the whole thing to, that to we're podcasting. Yes, to bring us full circle. Because I was just looking at the time and I do need to go. All right. Okay, so how do we want to wrap up? Um, so what's our final, what's your final point? Where are we driving this baby? Where are we driving this thing home? We're, we're talking, we're, let's, let's drive this like, you know, this was a great episode. And we, I learned what the themes that I got from like, you know, stay true to yourself and like always like be a loyal friend. That's what and your conscience is going to mm-hmm. catch up with you, like Betty's conscience caught up with her. Yeah. And then yep. just, I thought it was a great ending button because it does what all great shows do, which is it makes you want to watch the next episode. And that, and that was a great ending button. She was like, So you have medical school bills, right? Why don't we work out some kind of agreement? <laughs> mm. Yeah. And final thoughts, Effie, on like the ugly, this episode of Ugly Betty? Um, I think that it's just like we said in the very beginning that it's sort of an escape, but something that you can kind of find a silver lining for within your own world. Like you can, you can remind yourself of all these different connections that we make with people. And are you being, as you said, Stephen, like, are you being true to yourself in this moment? Um, and I think also to just like, it's just fun like to just remind ourselves to have a little fun like this is a very hard year but um thank yeah, goodness we have the arts yeah to stop trying to not pay us yeah um, you know and that like you know things even if things get tough that there is always the next chapter yes yes Final thoughts, George? That, that was beautifully that was, said. That was very, yeah. I mean, and look what we all had to do. We all got creative. Yeah. We started this podcast. Mm-hmm. You took advantage of amphitheaters that were in the open air. So, I mean, with masks, yeah. distancing. So this really did yeah. be creative in more than just our usual ways. Yeah. And the, the you, what did you take from the episode? Well, like I said, that your conscience will eventually catch up with you if you run away from it. Yes. And you, and yep. she, she got to the point where she couldn't run from her conscience anymore. She had to confront it. Mm-hmm. And like, yes. that's, and that's another with Bradford. That was the thing for like all the like big characters, like you know, and some people, and like Wilma, she lost more of her conscience. But right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful place to end. All right. Without further ado. Gorgeous. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. It was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. To- yeah. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> Without further ado, yeah. my name is Steven. My name is George. Bye. Bye.